Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You are very welcome back to another episode of Hello Steve-O Podcast. It's Tuesday, it's a nothing day, it's not the hump day, it's not the first day of the week, but hey, you're here and you made it and we've got all the fun for you today because our beloved Jenna Logan is back on the show and it's in real life, it's not even a Zoom call. We had wonderful conversations about what is going to happen over the next while and thinking about doing different things with our lives. A fantastic, philosophical, beautiful conversation with Jenna and we get the latest update from the listeners out there who are running but also the listeners out there who are trying to give up the cigarettes you can do it ladies and gentlemen so much to do and so little time let's do this Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Hello Steve-O Podcast. Here we are on episode 75 for Tuesday, July the 14th, I think. Yep, yep, yep. You're very welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Delighted to have you back. And what a fantastic episode we have today. Like I said, Jenna is back on the show today. And man, do we have some conversations it was great. It was so cool. And great to have her back in real life and to be chatting together in real life. Couple of messages from people during the week. Mary, I was having great chats with Mary during the week who was who was saying to me, Stephen, feck the life coaching. You should be on the radio. <laughs> feck the life coaching. You have the voice, the charisma, the good humor. And my God, your listening skills are bloody excellent. I should fucking hope so. Seriously. Seriously think you should be going in that direction. You're a natural interviewer. And I said to her, I did have the chats with Mary, and said, who the fuck wants to work in radio these days? Podcasting is where it's at. Why would you want to be in radio? Huh? I was driving the other day. I went to I went to a running shop, get a new pair of socks, had to do a little go-car rental, drove out, listened to the radio, and my God. How many of you out there are listening to radio, you poor fuckers? It is horrendous. It is absolutely shy. And I was a radio guy. Back in the day, I was on the building sites. I was a radio guy. Today FM, the Ray Darcy show, back in the day, was what kept me going through my day. It was a great show. But my God, the utter scutter that is on the radio these days. But anyway, Mary, thank you very much. She said I'm like Dave Fanning. I don't know if I... Dave Fanning also looks very fast, you know. But anyway, thank you very much. Uh, to Mary, I'm glad you're enjoying the show. I do get loads of lots of uh, lots of lovely uh, messages, and I always like. I never really think to read them out, but thank you very much for sending in all the um, lovely positive vibes and messages. Um, here's another one. Pamela didn't think it was a weird craving at all to be having a craving for a tangle twister. At midnight, I don't know what was going through my head the other night, but as some of you saw on Instagram, I just I was in bed and I just wanted a tangle twister. And the missus happened to be outside on the phone, um, to on the phone to Portugal, chatting to her, all her buddies and pals over there. And I said, while you're waffling out there, would you ever go down and get get your man a tangle twister? And she did. Well, she went down to Centra, asked for a tangle twister, but then had to text me going, "Oh, sorry, is this a chocolate or what is it?" <laughs> No! It's a fucking ice lollipop. Here's the thing. Is it just me? I'm sure I've gotten to arguments 
with people in Dublin about this. If you're listening in the US, um, you may not know what a Tangle Twister is. It, well, it's only the most gorgeous ice lollipop that has like a twist from the top to the bottom in green and white stripes. The green stripes are pear flavor. The white stripes are of a creamy flavor and it has a lovely strawberry center going down the middle. Now, some people think I asked for a tangle twister and some of you might now be listening going, what is he talking about? A tangle twister. What is a tangle twister? That's what they were called back in the day. Nowadays, they're just called twisters, but everyone thinks I'm mental because I'm saying Tangle Twister. They did used to be. People are even arguing with me going they were never called Tangle Twister. I had to have a meeting. I had to have a sit down with the Mullen clan over a Sunday dinner. And I asked them, I said, didn't they used to be called Tangle Twisters? They said they did, Stephen. So if you think it's never been called a Tangle Twister, you're a millennial. Shauna Balf was also in touch as well, who was listening to Hello Steve-O podcast and re-listening to Running High and Coffee uh, and the pub episode, um, which was uh, an episode I did a while back, a couple of months ago during lockdown, about the actual genuine effects of the running high. So Shauna was going out to do her first 5K in a, in a while, and she says thanks for the motivation. And... Um, yeah, she got to went out to do her first 5K in ages, and she sent me a picture of where she's running. Looks absolutely gorgeous, wherever you are, Shauna. But congratulations to you on doing your uh, 5K. Uh, delighted for you, and keep going, and I hope you're getting that runner's high. And a huge happy birthday, first of all, but a huge congratulations as well to our good friend of the family, Talita, who is out there. Talita's been out there doing her running, and she's kind of taken on board the math mef- method, that myself and my girlfriend are doing, and Talita went out and smashed 9K the other day, and she wasn't even sweating. She wasn't even sweating, lads. So happy birthday to Talita, and congratulations on the 9K. I realise that I have not talked a lot about the math method, and uh, on my Strava you will see me referring to math every time I do a run. And I realized, because football is back, and I saw some of the lads at football again last weekend, that lots of the lads are following me on Strava from football, and then they're doing their own research on math, M-A-F, M for mother, M-A-F. It stands for maximum aerobic function. And they're all blown away by this, because it means that I can run these really long distances. Now, there's much slower, but what the math method is, enables you to do is to run much longer distances and not get injured i ran 72k last week and i feel fine bit tired today not gonna lie to you it is rest day but that's because i had the big 20k on the saturday and then i went and played football on the sunday but the thing about the math method which talita has been doing as well is that it's a method that means that you don't go above your maximum aerobic function Now, for me, that's 146 beats per minute. So I run at that as my maximum pace. But when you run at your maximum aerobic pace, there is a formula for it. What it means is it's quite slow at the start, like it was really slow at the start. But slowly but surely, as you go on, your speed gets, you you start to get faster, but you're running at the same heart rate. Not only that, you're training your body to feed off fat as opposed to glycogen as opposed to the sugars as opposed so i came home for example the other day from running 20 kilometers and i was not hungry and i was not thirsty think about it the amount of times you've gone out and exercise and you need some sugar you need some food you're craving you're all shaky none of that because what i'm doing very slowly and you have to be very patient with it is that it teaches your body to eat off the fat in your, your, it teaches your aerobic system to fuel off the fat in your body. And no matter how skinny you are, there's loads of fat in the body that the aerobic system can feed off. Now, I know I have lost a lot of you there. But it's a great way for getting fit without getting injured, for building your endurance so you can run longer distances and losing a bit of the belly fat, baby. It's starting to wobble away, wobble away all day. Now, I did, on that note, look, if you want me to do an episode on math, maximum aerobic function, send me a message. I, I can talk about it more. I can maybe do a whole, like I did before on Jim Walmsley, I could do a whole like piece on it, a, a feature piece on maximum aerobic function. 
but there's loads of you guys are out there running and I want to just send you massive congratulations well done on doing it and um, just just keep going don't just go long and easy that's what I say don't make that sexual oh there's some knocking on the door one second that was just annoying kids who kicked the ball off the front door anyway we do talk about youths in this episode with Jenna as well but if you want me to talk about more about the math running I, I genuinely think it's great because it is a style of running where you're never panting you're never you're never sore after it you feel good it's great I cannot emphasize enough how good it is for your head and there's loads of you out there listening who fucking hate running. I'm telling you, this is so enjoyable. It's so meditative. I was out there for two hours on Saturday just just thinking away to myself. It's great. Now, last week, obviously, we talked about how one of the listeners, uh, one of the patron, um, one of the patrons is going through something in her life. Joyce is doing an amazing thing. She had her birthday there a couple of weeks ago and she made it. Uh, she made a decision that this was time. This is the time in her life where she was going to give up smoking. So I've chatted to her a few times and she is doing well. But here, I'll let Joyce tell you herself as to how she's getting on. I got some, I got some messages sending, sending her lots of love and encouragement. So here's a message from Joyce. Hi Stephen and podcast listeners, um, thanks for all your lovely messages of support for quitting smoking. So I'm on Monday, so it's been a week. Um, I haven't fully managed to give up smoking, but I have cut back considerably. So usually I would smoke 20 cigarettes a day. And now since last Monday, I have had... I would say 20 cigarettes in total. So I'm really happy with that. I am struggling. I'm finding it difficult at times, but I keep reminding myself of the health benefits, the financial benefits and how it's making me feel. So really looking forward to another week of being off them, hopefully. And um, yeah, thanks again for all your support and uh, look forward to updating you guys again soon. Fair play to Joyce, that's what I say. Because, yeah, of course it's hard. You're not going to just turn it off overnight, are you? But 20 cigarettes in a week compared to 20 a day, you've saved a lot of money there straight away, Joyce. What are, what are cigarettes now? 13, 14 quid a pack or something like that? That's a, I think she said it was five grand a year. Five grand a year on getting cancer. Like, people spend more money on getting, spend less money on trying to get rid of it. Well done, Joyce. Um, it, it's a great step. Take all the encouragement and, and feel free to send me more messages of encouragement to Joyce. If any of you out there have already given up cigarettes, is there anything in particular that helped you guys to get through it? Uh, well done, Joyce. I'm delighted for you. And keep going. And let's see how the next week goes. And uh, I'll be in touch with you. And we'll give you another update next week, listeners, on how she's doing. If you'd like to send her messages of encouragement, email me at hellostevopodcast at gmail.com. Or you can send me a message on Instagram at hellostevo. You know the usual places. Now, before we give you today's episode, I would just like to say that we've gotten, we've done so well over the last few weeks. And thank you to everybody who's out there spreading the word of Hello Steve-O podcast. And I'm delighted as well that you all enjoy the work that we're doing on the Waffle House with Des Bishop and Joanne McNally as well. Um, but if you um, are a listener, if you, if, you, if you have not shared or if you um, have not shared with your friends or on social media, it would really mean the world to me. If you're enjoying the shows, give it a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. If you listen on Spotify, just share it on your social media or tell some friends about it. And if you are considering becoming a patron, click the link in this description to this podcast and you will find out about all the extra podcasts, extra podcasts and videos that you're getting. I may spoiled rotten. I'll be doing another Patreon podcast for you guys this week as well. And thank you for all the messages. Thank, I'm really glad you're enjoying the Patreon stuff as well, guys. So thank you so much. And that is it. Let's get on with the show. Today, it's Jen is back. I was delighted to have her, but what a conversation this is. Because it, some of you are going to find out I'm thinking about doing different things in my life. With the way that the world is at the moment for us stand-up comedians, I'm thinking of moving into a different field or certainly exploring a different field and... 
Who knows what happens when you bring up these conversations with Jenna? It's a wonderful, funny, philosophical, fun-filled conversation. It's so good to be back with Jenna in the real world. Ladies and gentlemen, the wonderful Jenna Logan. I'm number one, bitches. <laughs> That's what it started off with. Oh, sorry. Hello. Hi. <laughs> we are back. She is back, Jen. It's so good to be back with you. <laughs> oh, we have our fun. I'm number one, bitches. <laughs> I didn't know. I thought we were testing the mics. <laughs> she said with a wink. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be back in real life. Um, kind of like she's dribbling. She's dribbling now. I have a drinking problem. You're about to snort I now. I my mouth. I can see you're about to snort. I know. I'm about to go scuba diving in this glass of water this this kind of um <laughs> hilarious comedic it's not tension this tension that's been re- released as she's patting her chest know, and flicking it out. it out dry it out it is just water by the way i was hydrating hydrating it was i was living my best healthy hydrated life this is after you asked a personal question okay and well, said you can fuck <laughs> off if you want which is fine i'm looking in the mirror you can ask it again Go yeah on. i will so it just dawned on me i hadn't i haven't seen you <laughs> for a little while yeah. in person yes. and then here you are in the, the full light of day yes and, you and my that- hair is a lot longer it is a lot longer, even wilder it is than wild. our Zoom call. Yeah. And it just dawned on me, <laughs> do you dye your hair? <laughs> and I then I was like, oh, those are the kinds of questions we don't ask. Don't. Like, do you stuff your pants? I mean, yeah. what <laughs> saying? I didn't, I didn't look at your crotch. I was just using that as an example of... Things people shouldn't ask. I think that's definitely well. The well, I know the dyeing the hair question is a good one. I don't, but um, I thought it's an interesting one because do you? I mean, think about it, Jen. If I did dye my hair and I was in lockdown, surely you'd be seeing something in the roots. Well, now. sure, it'd be like yeah. that. What's your face, Eva Longoria commercial with the green? Eva hair. Longoria, you whipped that one out of nowhere, didn't you? I used to have the biggest crush on her. Did you? Oh my! Well, God. now she's doing like gray roots did during she? lockdown commercials. She was in oh, yeah. well, Desperate Housewives wasn't it yeah wasn't exactly she oh, still looked good such a crush on yeah her. but no i don't but i used to get asked that question when i was working in club the moon tory the teachers club on parnell square west oh, yeah. and i was like in my early 20s late teens early 20s when i worked behind the bar there and ty the owner used to ask me if i dyed my hair yeah because it's so black it is i've and i used to work with you and yes. i've never noticed this before that is weird yeah some people don't i do get it like randomly people will go one of two things uh one the hair thing two they don't realize how tall i am <laughs> which is like they'll, they'll find because they always talk to you from a distance yes. yeah, 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 across yeah. the street but they'll be standing next to me and they go jesus you're tall and like uh, if they're of a certain height and i'm like um yeah it's, uh, that's a funny one i don't dye my hair but i have had gray hairs yeah um and i've don't I tell me s- where <laughs> jenna's on fire today <laughs> on my head on up this head up here on top i meant <laughs> i've had gray hairs and definitely it's on this side here on the right but i haven't i've you know i just pull them out do you i do yeah but like yeah. um i don't um i haven't seen them in a while maybe they are in there somewhere maybe but they I are get, there's just so much now they can hide i get them yeah. in i get that with hairdressers and barbers as well a lot they'll go um jeez your hair is very dark oh but i thought uh, you were well, say do you dye your hair and no. i was thinking it's their job shouldn't <laughs> yeah. they know that's a no, strange question they, they do um they do go through and they go fucking hell it's dark yeah i am kind of I was uh, there the other day looking in the mirror going, I'm actually glad. I'm 34 now and it's nothing. You're a child. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> in many ways. <laughs> Thank you. We were talking about the growth of the brain between males and females <laughs> earlier on. That's right. <laughs> I was saying that uh, your adorable daughter is about to surpass you. Mm, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about how they, yeah, the boys and the girls develop quickly and very, very differently. But um, yeah, I was looking in the mirror the other day going, I am actually happy because my dad definitely wasn't still all black hair on top when he was 34. Yeah, um, I feel like I've seen your father yeah you probably have he used to come into did he when i worked there me oh damn it now we have to we're in in four minutes in it's okay i'll make a note of that okay four minutes in yeah i was about to say the the cafe okay and then you ruined the cafe yes (laughs) (laughs) i was worried you were gonna say my daughter's name but i i I effed it up you see that damn it steven (laughs) steven 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 but yeah he used to come in then that's right yeah that's right yeah he was gray yeah 
Um, he's yeah, kind no, of now he's fox. very great. He's okay. Here we go. Now. I mean, he is. That's I mean, another one that I get from women. Is like, yeah, your dad's pretty hot. <laughs> yeah, he is, by the way. Which is never a bad thing for a son to hear about his dad, because that's it's just a bit a, irrelevant to the son, isn't it? Do you know I mean? I, no, it isn't, because you're heading in that direction. Oh, I get what you're yeah. saying. Good point. So yes, I'll take that. Yes. Aside from wow, your dad was really attractive when he was young. What happened to him later? He just <laughs> yeah. got like short and dumpy. You yeah, know, yeah, that yeah. could be your future, but yeah. it's not. You don't dye your hair, do you? No, no, no. That's like that because that's why when you said you're for you're now 48 i am now 48 everyone uh, everyone yes. was it recently no no it was in june but i think we talked Damn about it. it no well, we, we did talk about, about it. that we did. We, yes, everybody we did. relax yes. everybody sent me happy birthday wishes thank you except for steven because they were late i gave them the <laughs> <laughs> um that's right just turned 40 yeah, yeah. And i think that's a big um teller is like you have not got one gray hair in your head yeah no i'm so you would never think that you're anywhere near that but i I think that's it because i see other women and i think you know you always have a weird like a self-perception that's very different and i Mm. i do in my head i'm kind of stuck at 28 really like you know mentality and everything which is obviously why i've achieved so much in this life but um (laughs) yeah so i see other women and i find out they're my age and i think why she look like that? Yes. And then it dawns on me, oh, because, you know, whatever, her hair is gray or it's yeah. fading or yeah. she dyes it or she wears a ton of makeup or whatever. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it just is a different look. Yes. So, yeah. Whereas it I'm depends like, how you wear 47, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose if you've got like a real job and life concerns like children and mortgages, mm. I'm sure it does things to you. But if you're young and carefree like me <laughs> with nothing and no future and you're going to probably live on the street by the time you're 55. Anyway. One of the top, that's not that far away. Don't scare me. No, it R- isn't. Excuse yeah. me, go hang up. And we were to, so, so nothing to live for in the future. Funny you should say that. <laughs> Is it? Right? Because we're all, <laughs> but we were just conversing there about, because you've studied and I'm thinking and talking to people about going back as a mature, mm. <laughs> in age student. Yes. <laughs> um, and you were saying, do something practical. Yeah. Because it has to, like, and I and I completely I, I do get that argument absolutely. What so what did you do when you Okay, went in? so what is your trajectory even with education? Yeah, like I graduated from high school and then went straight into university and only lasted a semester and a half. What's a semester? Now that's not a full academic year. Is it, it is like, not. It's a term so here, it's, it's a term yes, and a half. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So I just I wasn't ready. I just didn't have the discipline. I mean, I'd gone through public schools and even though they were very good and I, you know, I didn't fail or anything, I wasn't an exceptional student. And I think I found going to a state university, even though I was still living at home, I just felt very isolated. It's a very different experience uh, to go into that kind of environment. And then I didn't really connect with anything academically at that time. Um, And I just, yeah, I just didn't have the confidence to do it. So what kind of a person were you at that age? What was your... Uh, I was life? 19, 18, 19. And uh, what was I like? I, I'd say I, I'm, I was insufferable, which many of our <laughs> listeners might be like like right now. Um, yeah, I just... I think I, I, I thought I knew a lot more than I did. Yeah. I consider... I thought I was quite worldly. Of course I wasn't. I hadn't been anywhere. I hadn't done anything. Yeah. I grew up in the suburbs, you know? So you thought of yourself as like maybe possibly a, like a liberal educated kind of type? Yeah, kind of, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I was I was going for I don't even think I declared a major. I was just kind of going to figure some stuff out. And then I realized I didn't really know anyone at the university. I wasn't connecting with things. I was in those classes that were like 200 massive you know, lectures. For, yeah, 101 yeah. classes. And I just found it really hard. The, of course, the one thing I did connect with is I took English classes and those were always great because you're reading books and you're talking about books and they tended to be smaller classes. So I just left though. I didn't have the confidence for it. I didn't dig it. What to, when you go? Because it's a little bit different from the from Ireland to the US. When you go to university, I could be completely wrong here now. But is it that you go to university and you kind of study a load of different things and then you narrow in on one yeah, thing? Is that how it works? Exactly. Because an undergraduate degree in the states is four years, whereas here it's three. I think depends on them. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. And. Um, you do two years of kind of general studies, so you're all you all have a base level okay. of higher education, right? right? So it's all the sciences and every you're you're doing it all, right? But then in the final two years, you kind of focus in more and you do your specialty if you're doing English okay. or you know whatever chemistry, um. So yeah, I didn't make it that far, and then I just went and had my twenties and just kind of lived and moved around the states. 
And I ended up going back when I was 26 to a community college, which is kind of like, what's that like? It's like a junior college. It's it's like you do all of your requirements there and then you transfer to a four-year university. Mm. It's generally a lot cheaper. So you do a one year there or something like that? Is that I did, then you go to, I did okay. two years at the community college. Right. So I got all of my required stuff, all that biology, all that, you know, basic math. So your base two years that you would normally have done in university, that's yeah. what you can get done in community college. Exactly. And then go on to major in something. Exactly. Gotcha. And cool. the reason you do that is because there isn't, like a lot of universities, it, it, it's not about, you don't have to worry about getting in. A community college is simply you go and pay your money and take your classes. It's not really a prestige thing, you yes. know? And then, yeah, from there I moved and went to Virginia and went to the Virginia Commonwealth University. And that's where I did art history. Now we get to it. So I did art <laughs> okay. history. Right. I did art history. And then I worked for a while. I worked in a museum and then found out about this uh, master's program in Ireland. And I thought, I will do that because m- my life is going nowhere. I sit behind a desk and, you know, research things and and people and i'm i'm not enjoying it so i came over here i did my one year film masters uh yeah in theory not production which uh yeah don't do anything that's theory theoretical yes yeah Yeah. just don't uh unless you're going to go into academia and yeah now i have an undergraduate in art history and a master's in film. And where has it gotten me, Stephen? Where? So listen to me, young man. You get that practical degree. You get a business degree. No, don't get a business degree. But um, what are you thinking about? What are you thinking well, about? Well, I, I think I'm at the stage. So it's co- it's obviously come up for me because of, of, like, I'm, like, realistically, my agents are very positive and all that. But I'm not going to work the, in 2020. Like, I'm not going to make money in 2020. Right. right? Um, there may be some social distancing type gigs coming back, but they're not viable. The venues aren't going to make money yeah. off them. We're not going to make money. So that's fair enough. I love the podcasting and I, and I love doing that. But, you know, that takes up certain amount of time of my week and um and there's a lot of what what else am i going to be doing i miss writing i miss writing the stand-up and i miss working on other projects because there's so much so many unknowns in all that world that um it's very hard to write anything it's very hard to to kind of create other than the podcasting and, and some videos it's like um i feel like I, I, I like creatively I got into stand-up comedy because I love that art form and I love being with live audiences that's not coming back anytime soon so what yeah. are the other options and for me work-wise qualified I've worked in loads of different things but I don't have a here's my certificate or my degree yeah, in yeah, blah, yeah. blah 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 and I could go and, and work in this area now interestingly when you and I uh, originally met and we worked in that place together I was kind of on the journey of having gone back to school and ended up in the arts. So I, I actually went on a, what's called a PLC course here, which is um, for people who have dropped out of school and they want to go into higher education. So you can do a PLC course that gets you in. And I just applied to loads of them and ended up in theater and performance, which ended up getting me an acting agent, which ended up getting me an acting job, which ended up me working in cafes and doing acting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the plan was actually way back then when I was 24, 25 to go and educate myself. But I've ended up in this whole artistic journey and it's been great. But I find myself come back full circle 10 years later, kind of go, I did want to get the degree. Now, I don't didn't necessarily know on what. Yeah. But I think where I'm at now as a, a an adult who's got a who's got a kid as well and who's got a family now is that. I don't have confidence in, in a lot of things that people are going to think this is crazy. And I've talked a little bit about it on the podcast, but even in things like I'd love to be much stronger at critical thinking. Mm. I'd love to be a, a bit more learned. I know to some people that sounds silly, but because I would love to, I, I do see it coming full circle and being able to create work, be it in stand-up comedy, be it in whatever it is that I do create, mm. to have a lot more to offer to that because I've had the time to think. Yeah. To... You know, I was a 17-year-old troubled young person who basically jumped to work on building sites because it got me out of school. Mm. And that's like, um, you know, you don't know yourself and it was horrible and you don't, you know, you don't have time to think or to get to know yourself or all the, and and those personal issues, that's another story. But I'm just looking at myself as an adult now and the things that do excite me and the way that the world is and just kind of really want to have a sense of i'd love to be a lot better at what it is that i'm already doing yeah yeah well i think 
I think if you're going into it with that viewpoint, you're you're already ahead of the game in some ways because you you know why you want to go to school. You may not know what it is exactly you want yeah. to study, but you know your motivations behind it. Like mm. mine were very much like I picked art history because to me there was something cultured about that and there was right. something it was I, I I don't want to get too deep, but I do think it was socioeconomic. You know, I grew yes. up working class, mm -hmm. but I was always interested in the arts. And to me, history of art was this kind of doorway into a different level of existence. Yes. You know, it was, I had these really silly ideas that it was all wine and cheese parties and laughing yes. over, yeah. you know, I don't know what, champagne spritzers. Yeah. So obviously it's not. I mean, people who are in art history, like any discipline, it's a discipline. You're thinking in a very specific way, you're writing, you're producing, and you're viewing the world through a critical lens. Um, and that's not nothing. You know, people need to learn to think that way. Not all the time. It's not applicable to everything. Yeah. But I think it's an important skill to have. So I needed that for my confidence. Unfortunately, I don't think it was the right fit mm -hmm. in terms of moving on and what will I do with that. Right. But I, I had to do that. And I do think a lot of times uh, continuing your education can be about building your own confidence. Yes. And that's really important because not having it, it you go through life being like, I'm the one who didn't yes. push myself. I'm the one who maybe didn't have the opportunity. So if you've got the opportunity, my God, grab it. And I'll tell you something else. When I did that master's at UCD, it was brilliant for a year to kind of bury my head in the sand, get up every day, watch a movie at 10 o'clock, <laughs> go and have lunch, and then come back and talk about it. Like there's something really nice if you have the luxury of time to take take out, you know, mm. from real life, take yeah. a time out and just say, this is what I'm going to do for the next nine months. It's interesting what you said there about the, the confidence building theme, because I feel like that that's a huge part of it. Um, uh, that... Uh, and I, and, and I, I think that has been part of the thinking the last couple of weeks is the confidence that it would give me in my thinking. Mm. I feel a lot of ways that, you know, when I got into acting, for example, and I got picked up by a, like, you know, one of the best theater directors in the world gave me an opportunity, signed me up, went on this job. But the, the reason that she hired me was because it was raw talent. Mm. And that's great at a moment. But I, I struggled then in acting after that because I didn't have the confidence in in knowing myself within the craft to go yes yeah. and no or I don't need to do that and and it, then be, everything became an emotional roller coaster whereas somebody who went and trained knows how to turn on the emotion turn off the emotion to work the room to network to and all these different things yeah. you know um and I think just in 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 life and certainly with with thinking I feel like man I'm I'm interested in so many different things. I would like to articulate my thoughts a lot better than I am now. And I've never been given the time to spend uh, to do that. Yeah, yeah. Or to be in a community of other people that are doing that. Yeah. And <clears throat> that's the other thing, too. Even if you have your own interests, it's hard if they're maybe kind of niche or they're just specific to you and what you do as a comedian or as a writer. And your friends aren't necessarily those people. No. They're not the ones to have those discussions no, with. No, I love you guys, but no good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's And and it can be very isolating. And yes. that's why I think sometimes it's really great if you're in that environment with a group of other people who, it doesn't matter if you don't really get on on an, any other level. Yes. You're all there to like dork out and talk about yes. films, you know, yeah. or talk about this or that or the other. Yeah. And it's really nice to meet that community mm. and be and give license. You give yourself license to just express that way. Do you, is that part of the frustration then for you when we were talking then about like, you know, joking about like, what am I doing in my life? What does the future hold? Blah, blah. <laughs> but that you definitely have those skills because I know through having conversations on the podcast, mm -hmm. your knowledge of literature or, or an ability to express points of view, articulate points of view, see the opposite, see different sides. Um, that those are skills that you seem to have that I don't feel like I would articulate them as well. Is it a frustration that if you're not doing what you're what you would like to be doing? Mm. I'm, I'm asking this question knowing the answer <laughs> it's, but being frustrated <laughs> having those skills um 
I don't know what the question is. Then it's like, yeah, you know, I know. I'm like, where what, are we going with this? What, what is that? What is that like? Or does it mean that you want to go? That you, you should go back into it? Yeah, or? I don't know. I mean, I suppose oh, we're all fear is a great motivator, but it's also a great demotivator, isn't it? I mean, I suppose a lot of the reason why. I don't kind of push myself harder to explore these other avenues. And we've talked about this on the podcast before about the acting, about this, that, all of it is that um, I'm just so scared of not having a paycheck. Yeah. You just get to a point in your life and it's like, well, first of all, I mean, Jesus, I'm not ancient, but you know, you're in a different place physically and mentally when you're 48 as opposed to 28, you know? And you're not, you're just, you're more aware of what the future is and what are you, what's the soft surface you're going to land on, you know? And if you're thinking about, okay, what if I chuck up the only thing that I know now and give up that paycheck? And I know that's kind of extreme because of course there's like, why don't you just take a night class once a week? But (laughs) there is a real sense of like, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to make that change. And it's all fear-based. Like, I've done enough therapy. I've, I've read enough self-help books to know, yeah. like, what's holding you back, Jenna? Fear. Total and complete blinding fear. <laughs> and that's and that's what it is. You know, I think a lot of people love the idea of someone just showing up, holding out their hand and going, here, come this way, and yes. I will lead you through the door to your dream fulfillment. But that's not how it works. you got to open doesn't... the damn door yourself. You've got to make it happen. And, and I, I, I feel yeah. that exact thing is happening right now because I know there's a big part of me is waiting for someone to go, oh, yeah, yeah, this is the course you should do. This is the, mm. this is, it ain't happening. Or, or somebody, go, like literally most people that I say it to are going, a couple of people go, that's great, you'll never regret education. Or some people are going, really? Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's like, yeah. no, none of those people are giving you the right answer. You're only going to find it by going and jumping yeah. and going and doing something. And, and there is, it's like so many things, you know, it may work out for you first time out of the gate, but more than likely, it won't be the right path. And you'll be like, okay, I'm here and this isn't what I want to be doing. And I think sometimes we stop ourselves because we think, oh, it's not going to work out right away and then I'm going to have to backtrack and I will have wasted all that time. And it's like, fuck it, that's what it is. That's the journey. Finding out what you didn't want to do is part of the whole thing. But we forget that. We forget to embrace the failure thing and just kind of go, just like, fucking get it wrong. Yeah. Until you get it wrong, you don't know what the, what the, I actually, the, the only one, I do seem to have a habit of doing that, but I remember working in the restaurant and one of the lads said it to me, like I did every job in the restaurant, chef, made the coffee, waited the tables, wanted to become a sommelier, did mm. all those things. Yeah. And I did all of them until I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. Do you know what I mean? But that was three years of going through each yeah, other thing. Yeah, yeah. And it was funny, one of the guys said to me, he's like, yeah, you kind of get stuck into something until you justify why you don't want to do it. Yeah. Which is quite painful in some ways. Like even chefing in the kitchen is like, you know, 18 hour shifts and stuff like that you know what I mean and I loved it lots of it but then I had to be able to kind of go at that age I was 30 at the time to kind of go yeah I'm not going to <laughs> yeah yeah I'm this isn't gonna. my life yeah I, like I'm, I I'm too, and I, at the time I was like I'm physically too old for this because even the young chefs that were coming up had ambitions for restaurants for doing their own things within the culinary arts world yeah 23 24 and they've already been working in kitchens for five six seven years at that age i know know? it's crazy and i because like cooking i think a lot about cooking i love cooking i love cookbooks i love food i love all of it and part of me sometimes thinks should i do some kind of certificate program and get like you know restaurant trained and then i'm like oh my god i can't even imagine being on my feet for all that time and those kinds of shifts like girl i'm tired Mm. so i'm tired after our lockdown hours at the cafe here our reduced hours i go home and i'm like whoa that was my big five hours today of yeah yeah, no business is that what it is five hours that's lovely it's a lovely little shift it is a lovely little (laughs) shift i wish it could stay like that forever but of course economic recovery let's move on when you did the the masters in film production and it was theoretical Did you, did you on any level think that that would get you into film production world or? No, I wasn't looking to do production at the time. I think my overarching plan was I would go do this film theory uh, thing and then I'd come back to the States and I wanted to work in the film department of a museum because I'm really interested in films from that perspective, you know, like kind of art films or experimental films. Like I just love that idea 
But that's that's another trap I've realized is as we move in this life of ours, we love the idea of an idea. Yes, we don't necessarily like the reality of that idea. Yeah. Um, I think there's here. I'm I'm going to pull out some literature. Do it. Um, Philip Larkin, the poet, wrote two novels. Uh, one of which I can't remember the title of. Yes, I do. It's called Jill. And then. The other one he wrote was A Girl in Winter. And A Girl in Winter is about a young woman, I think it's post-war England, working in a library in a small provincial English town. And it is so grim. It is so... He details how boring her day-to-day life is, how all of the people coming in are... They're needy and they they require things from her that are completely out of the purview of her job. And it's really so tedious. And, but you know that job. We've all had that job where you're just like, you constantly have paper cuts, you know, back in the day was when there was paper. But, you know, your your skin's always dry because there's weird air in the building or something. And it's like, I think that book perfectly encapsulates, I love the idea of being a librarian. You're around books all the time and it's great. But no, the reality is it's a lot of admin and it's a lot of dealing with people who are at a library and that's not always the best people. You know, they could be a little compromised in some ways. Mm. Uh, And I just, yeah, we... We have to be very careful, I think, the idea of a thing and the reality of the thing. You you have to want to do the work. Yes. So what's that work that you want to do? Find I'll, it. I'll, I, yeah, I think it was Jerry Seinfeld says, the secret to life is finding the torture that you're comfortable with. Yep. Because yeah. a lot of people would think of stand-up comedy as uh, this great thing, because as a, certainly as an audience member or somebody who watches stand-up comedy on on the internet or on youtube or whatever it is on netflix or they go and see it live they look at it and they go wow that looks great but what they don't realize is that's five percent of the work yeah yeah the other 95 is hours in cars buses sleeping on couches trying to remember jokes trying to write jokes trying yeah. to and and also that amazing gig that you were at they ain't all amazing. No. <laughs> they get awful gigs that, you know, people don't listen to you and you and, and you will look at a comedian and go, fucking that comedian is amazing. They are all must be one of the best comedians going. No, it was, that was a great night. And uh, yeah. there's lots of there's lots of people don't think you're amazing. <laughs> yeah. And and I think you also in that uh, medium, you have to know that you're the kind of person that can deliver those jokes. You might be a great joke writer, but you're just not the one to go up and say them in front of mm. other people. Yeah, you have sometimes. to be a particular kind of person. Um, and I think that's why there are really great comedy writers mm. who work on great comedy shows. And there's a reason they're in the writer's room. Yes, you know? I get you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. But uh, do you, I think that's a good life philosophy that we, we might have our life lesson that we might have here because I was just thinking there after we had said that and and that Larkin book as well that every job must be like that. Mm. Surely everybody looks at every job and thinks that's what I want to do but we don't, you know, we love the idea of it but we don't know the reality of it. I mean, I think people who are very successful in what they do and I'm, I don't know, because who are the people we see who are successful in things? They're the people who give the talks, the people who are the face yes. of things. Um, they love it, don't they? Oh, I always knew I wanted to do this. Yeah. Every day is a joy when I get up. Yeah. But, you know, of course, there's always going to be people like that. I think sometimes they are attuned to maybe they fell into something. Maybe they fell into design. I don't know. And then if they had fallen into chefing yeah. you know they would have loved that just as much yeah. maybe it's their spirit is kind yeah. of just they're gonna love what it is they do mm. um and maybe there are other people i include myself in this who we just love ideas yeah we love ideas we don't yeah. like reality I'm so the ideas much guy, yeah <laughs> so i'm the ideas guy make it happen yeah so bill burr had a funny bit on steve jobs like 
going like he was he was evil i don't get the big deal with that guy he was evil he was just like i want all of my music in here get on it <laughs> and all the other fucking guys working ahead going, oh. you know what i got the bus to work today and i was reading my book and i was like well i'd like to switch i would like that on a screen i'd like to turn the page like this get on Do it, it. <laughs> yeah exactly and everyone panicking because because the end product that we see is like the amazing iphone or the amazing yeah battle, but the the heartache that goes into it and the brutal hours that go into it is just like, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, talk about, I mean, pioneers. I suppose they are like 20th century pioneers. Mm. That was, I don't, I don't understand that world at all. Like the idea of creating that kind of technology, coding and all of it, that is so not how my mind works. Mm. So when you watch those like biopics of Steve Jobs or whatever, and or yeah. Bill Gates and yeah. how they started in a garage and yeah, they yeah. created all of it, you're like, what? Yeah, how you're, is you're, that possible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you're still like going, I don't get the big deal about what this guy did because you're not in that world at no, all. No, I'm not. And I'm totally like, I have a Nokia still. Although I'm like, oh my God, I got a text. Huh? <laughs> and people are like, oh, Jenna, let it go. What Do, do you think that there's an amount of freedom? And I've literally just bought, um, uh, I have to refer to my my notes here now, embarrassing because... Uh, and by notes, you mean phone? I forgot, but yes. <laughs> I'm like, those ja- aren't notes. J- Jaron Lanier. Mm. He is a, com- that? a computer scientist, a computer philosopher. That's a thing now. Okay. Um, and uh, he, I bought, I just, com- I just purchased his book, 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Accounts. Oh, right. Um, really super interesting guy. Really nice guy. I really like him because he, I think with a lot of these theories or a lot of these things that can be perceived as anti-technology, you think that they're looking into the evil of it all and all the big, you know, big horrible plan and all the things that are going on behind our backs that for me anyway can be a bit intimidating going oh god the world is just fucking evil i just rather would be blind to it yeah but he because he was uh, i am in the middle of writing a bit going wasn't it great in the 90s when there was no social media Don't, there I was bombs the going off and we hadn't a clue yes. It was, yeah. yes. <laughs> but he he argued um he's and i haven't read the book yet but i've just seen him talking about it about how you know Social media, for example, was created to to addict you, to get you to keep going on it, and to it's a yeah. feedback loop. It's a feedback loop, so that it gives that information, figures out what it is that you like, and gives that information to a third party so that you can be advertised to, right. so that you buy. So that was that. Those are the those are what the algorithms are. That's why it was made like that. And um, and he's actually come up with a really positive. A solution to it again i haven't read the book i just seen him talking about it and that he's saying it's like the new oil is data you know it's people's data knowing what people use so we can come up with a fair way of using that where you can sell your data you can go okay yes you can have that but you have to pay for that and then you get some commission on the the thing that you purchase or blah blah, blah. anyway he's come up with some really positive um ways of of dealing with it and maturing as a culture within uh these kind of worlds the online world and all that stuff but do you think with you not being involved in any of that (laughs) that there is a level of happiness that you might feel that you just feel like do you look at other people who are hooked into that yeah yeah "Yeah, i'm so glad i'm not there yeah i mean i suppose I, i don't know about happiness because on my on my best days i don't know if i'd describe myself as happy but um i I do see people, I mean, we all see this. They're on the bus or they're just walking down the street or they're sitting in restaurants. I mean, I'm talking with about their, myself here. Their I'm dates, yeah. you know, and everyone's just on their phone. Yes. And I think the thing that that's really sad is when you see little kids, mm. like parents just say, take the phone because it's quiet time mm. and I know that will absorb you. I just find that really sad. Yeah. I just, there's something about people not engaging with the world it's hard to engage with the world there, especially in Dublin. My God, yeah. there are things on the streets and yeah. there are things you don't want to hear, but it is the world we live in. And I understand there's this idea that like, I want to curate my soundtrack as I walk down the street. Well, what if a friend is trying to say hello to you and is like waving at you from across the street? Or what if that damn car is honking at you to get out of the way? Cause I'm about to hit you. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I just, there's this level of disconnect that, I just find really tragic. Mm. And I I think the streets are hard here. There's a lot of homelessness. There's a lot of public drunkenness and drug use, and it is not pretty. But I don't want 
to not see it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I, there are days when I, I curse it and I go home and I just have to sit with my eyes closed for a while and think happy thoughts, but it is the world we live in and, and that's all it is. And I just, I cannot see how checking out is an answer to the ills. It's part of why I love living in this area in the North inner city. I do love being, uh, for me, there's, there's both great beauty and great you know but great truth of the, the some of the tragedy of life as well around here as well when you do yeah. see heroin addicts all all around the place people begging um a lot of evidence of drug problems i don't want to hide from that either for for me personally yeah, you know yeah i don't i i, I like because it feels it feels a bit more a little bit more real that you can mm. see because living in london it was it was one thing that my girlfriend found really shocking when she came back here was she'd never you wouldn't really see method of people on methadone or drug or heroin users on the street in london you really wouldn't yeah you'd see some um crack might be a certain problem crack cocaine might be a certain problem in certain areas in london but you know you can kind of s- s- see that without being too funny about it you can see that a mile away and you <laughs> you cross the road yeah you know, yeah it's yeah it's quite an address aggressive drug yeah um but it was a bit more you know I, I, because it's so big i don't know you can stay away from that naturally or something like that yeah but here we kind of walk and live among it all you know yeah and, it's a really condensed town and i think too i mean i don't i don't know london well enough to know the layout of social housing but i I don't, I don't want to lay it at that door. However, I do think because social housing here is, and, and I'm, I'll lay this at city council's door, it's so ill-kept. Yes. A, they're horrible, the state of those flats. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe the city doesn't do something about them. But then you do get um, generational tenants there and you get certain problems and it is so enmeshed in the city center, yes. south side and north side, yeah. close in. I think that's a big part of why we see what we see. Yeah, absolutely. You know? It's a big um, part of the identity of the city because that that's going back to the 1916 Rising, like the tenements and all that kind of stuff, yeah. the way that people lived back then. The inner city was, you know, there was that generational poverty, you know. Yeah, that yeah. That just keeps, keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. It's, it's um. You still see it. And I just, uh, I, I believe in social housing. I think it's like, I, I think it's amazing that it's on offer here and that, you know, my if not myself, then my partner could get us on a list yeah. to get social housing yeah. at some point. I just think that's amazing. However, I think the city is falling down about mm. how they um, keep it up. Yeah, because it is it needs reform, all right. God, it's terrible. Yeah. Wow, we're really getting into it. We here. are fucking getting into Jesus. it, and it's a Monday as we're recording this, Jenna. I know it's the top of the week. Where do we go from here? How do you feel about where we go from here? I was going to ask go you on. about the 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 face mask situation. Like that's another weird place the world is in at the moment. Face masks now. Public transport is a must. Mm. Otherwise, you will be fined, motherfuckers. That's right. Two and a half grand or Jeez. six months in prison. In prison, in the hooskow. In the um, <laughs> yeah. Wear your fucking mask. How yeah. hard is it? I I was even on the on the bus yesterday with my daughter and my other half, and couldn't get over either. People haven't been watching the fucking news, or but it's like. Just do it. Come well, on. you've seen now, like today, the big story in the Irish Times is that um, there's this um, kind of face-off between the bus union, the driver's union, and the guardie yes. about whose responsibility is yeah. it to enforce that. And yeah. I I absolutely think the, the guardie are... Is that the best use of their time? Yeah. But on the other hand, I'm like, if I was a bus driver, I wouldn't be like wanting a, to go talk to some yeah. skanky kids upstairs who might like shiv me. Forget that, it. I did hear a representative from the Gardner Commissioner's Office on Radio One this morning say that it would seem that it is the it is on from from the law that's come out that it's on the drivers, the people the, who work for the bus, to, to say to somebody to say you either can't get on the bus or you. Um, yeah, to take to tell them to get off the bus. Yeah, and if they don't, then they call the guards. But it's just. That's I mean, a, if everyone just compl- but like you, that's not your job as a bus driver. I, I fucking signed up to drive a bus. Yeah, I don't want to talk to anybody. I know, and I'm like, I'm okay with that. I feel for you, my friend. <laughs> yeah, 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 I want to serve coffee. I don't want to have to talk to you while I do it. Yeah. Um, but I do think somebody brought up the point that there needs to be um a, a department within the guardie of public transportation and yeah exactly mm. why isn't there mm. there's always some like yeah. ming and kid who's like ah! 
and being crazy. Well, it's, and the young, it's the kids are fucking the it's problem. It's the kids. The it's youths. The fucking kid. The I, youths. Oh, I hate a youth. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what. They were outside my house last night, not because they heard me on the podcast and they were fans. <laughs> no, but I mean, there's a group that were just out. And of course, they were like the worst age, they're like worst. 13, 14. They're fucking stupid. Little scabs. Yeah. And they're out there terrorizing a crab apple tree across the, <laughs> the street, like just completely giving it hell. And then going down into people's like garden area and causing all kinds of problems. Yeah. And it's like, children, go. Where are your parents? There's, I know. They were they were here oh, last night just throwing stones across the road. They weren't. And then like one hit the door and I kind of I went to the window and they're like, oh, sorry. But I wasn't even angry. I was just like, what's going on? Why are you throwing stones? Yeah. You know I mean, it's, uh, but they, that, they, they were just. And do you know what was going on was actually there was two boys and two girls. And, you know, there was all that tension was going on about the kiss and all so that. Funny. So they were just trying to be cool and hang out. But then by just flicking a stone across the street, they hit my front door and I go, what the fuck are you doing? You go, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, sorry let's go ship somewhere else and i mean you you probably know how to open the door and be intimidating but let yeah. me tell you what we saw last night we're watching the whole thing from our <laughs> upper story window going someone better do something i know exactly should we call the guards but then the guy who's whose basement apartment they're kind of terrorizing and everything getting down on his lawn he had like all these plants out and stuff he opens his door what are you doing and what is he wearing a terry cloth bathrobe and it's just like you know what friend you've made a bad wardrobe move here that's not gonna help your case with these boys excuse me jen so if you wouldn't mind yeah he's just there wearing his like baby blue terry cloth bath and i'm like oh my god man you could have put on some jeans jesus anyway so. it's funny with the, the dean because i had my my daughter was out literally for a moment on her own on the scooter outside the door and um I actually didn't know her mom had left her out there. And Oh, good. Um, Pin it on yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Nice. You threw <laughs> her did. under the bus Beca- there, didn't because you? Because all that happened was that the front door was open. Those kids were around. And my daughter just comes in bawling, crying. And I was like, straight away, I went, what the fuck? I, I literally walked out. What's going on here, out here? And I could see them. Out. She fell over. She fell over. She fell over. <laughs> Oh and carried the scooter and, I, and they carried the scooter over to me and i was like and thank you very much i'm sure she'll be fine yeah thank you. as you're about to tear their heads off for a split second but it wasn't but but that's the thing it's weird that like that's total nature because i didn't even think about that i literally went out like what's happened you know straight away and they all well they were all like ah! straight away but it obviously is something in the energy that just naturally, yeah yeah you see your daughter with other people and she's bawling her eyes and you don't know who they are and they've been throwing stones and you're like what the fuck? yeah um, but it's funny how nature nature takes over like that um but it's funny like all these kids that are out like i am noticing more groups of of young people yes. just roaming Utes. What are they doing? Like they have nothing to I, do. Yeah, well, I, 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 I mean, I'm, I kind of feel for them in a way. Absolutely, I go back into the social media thing again because, uh, like, we were def- there was definitely times in summer as a kid that we were bored. Absolutely, but there was more. For, like, you never see a football game going on or, on a road or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. You never see. You know, it's all computer games. Yeah, and they all have phones now and apps, and they're playing games on that. And it's a, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. I think. That's why I bought these books. I think um, <laughs> uh, the the like society hasn't matured enough yet to know how to get the balance between. Like he actually made a good point. This guy who who wrote this book about alcoholism, like or smoking. Back in the day, everybody smoked. Yeah, because it was fine. Everybody smoked, and he he's like, I think with social media, we'll be in fifty years time going. Oh yeah, we're not supposed to be on the phones all the time we're not supposed you know and, and it'll be pulled back for literally for health reasons gonna go yeah, it's not good yeah. for kids to be in front of a screen it's not good for you to be playing with these algorithms the whole time you know like smoking it's unhealthy for you yeah so we need to pull it back a bit and i, yeah, I just don't think we've matured enough uh, as a society for i do feel sorry for all the kids around here because they're not going on holidays no <laughs> they're not going anywhere else and they're just you know and that's how the and that's how heroin starts well anyway i'm glad <laughs> happy note children <laughs> <laughs> but it is you know and i feel sorry for parents because parents there's lots of single mothers around here they're under a lot of pressure but it is about having to just spend a lot of time with your kids yeah and it's it's just not something i think that people are used to anymore no, it no. just isn't so on the to, to wrap it up 
wrap it up on the education by the way i i, I didn't want to interrupt you because you're on a good flow there but oh. when you went to the community college oh yes thing and then you went and majored in something i think that's the point i'm i think i'm going to do the community college bit yeah there's like one year access programs for university okay that you will do a general study yeah and i think i'm gonna do that you should because it's it, again going back to confidence i needed two years of kind of an easy in mm. before i went to the big leagues mm. like i had to have that mm. and it, it did a lot for me yeah. why don't you work in that field in any museums here um why don't i because i don't know museums are i mean i love oh, you to don't visit. want to do it right? i don't want to do yeah. it no fuck it <laughs> <laughs> i did it now it's over <laughs> it's all over have book rec have you got another I've, I've just yes. out of the blue nowhere but any book recommendations of course for the, i do for the listeners for the listeners now here's what some lockdown reads lockdown reads i'm reading something by a woman named jenny diskey who passed away in the past couple of years she's one of my all-time favorite writers she's written a book or had written a book called uh, stranger on a train she wrote it in i think it was the late 90s early 2000s it was released in 2002 so again not too much going on with phones and all that yes she took from england took a cargo ship to america and then got on a train and went across america by train and it's fascinating wow it's really good stranger on a train by jenny diskey Stranger on a Chain by Jen- Denny Jiski. That's a uh, Disky, sorry. Yes. yes. That sounds amazing. It is. It's a really good travel book for not So it's a travel book. Traveling. It's not a novel. It's not no, it's, it's just her happened, and right? her experiences and about a little bit about her life and who she is. And she, she was just a really fascinating woman. And it's a shame we lost her. Oh, amazing. Yeah, that's one of your actual heroes. Maybe you'll do that, Jenna. Maybe that's what you'll do with your masters. Maybe I will. Maybe you'll I'll write a, a book. You'll go on a train from Dublin to Galway and oh, write a book about it. Oh my God, I just fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god there was bog yeah the end <laughs> the uh, uh, when i was in chapters bookshop today shout out to chapters bloody i didn't realize it's actually an independent bookstore fair play to i love chapters. It's huge it's massive so and good amazing. deals good, good great deals sales great deals i got a noam chomsky book for three euro look at that there you go but um she what i'm saying she for well yeah the woman i was dealing with chatting away she was ordering a couple of things in for me but what was on the counter was carlos ruiz safon's shadow of the wind oh yeah did you read do you remember? i have read that what a book i read that on my final job on a building side i'd run out on my lunch <laughs> break sit in the car and have a chicken fillet roll and read that for half an hour jesus that's some goodwill hunting shit right there <laughs> 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 well i haven't got yeah i haven't furthered myself since that but, but that was amazing an amazing set it's in barcelona good, yeah it's a good one to get lost in absolutely yeah. and it's, it's that guy's first book as well it was I know, like i hate him are you dick he probably never even did his community college no just, jenna yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure always it's Steven. good to be back in real life isn't it and it is and also great to be in your home by you're the way welcome yeah, yeah i've never been here and it's a delight it's yeah it's it's different anyway we put it together with bits and pieces <laughs> <laughs> literally everything we can like i got there was a guy see these chairs here on I the table them. they were there was a guy dropping them into oxfam and i said here i'll, I'll take okay, here before you go in there <laughs> give him a tenner to drive over to the house <laughs> oh perfect oh my god oxfam <laughs> would have charged you more oh yeah. totally um and then it all started with this See that? That's a that ca- scooter. It, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Your daughter's scooter. <laughs> my daughter's scooter. That's a camel saddle. Oh my god! Yeah. Why did I know that? I, I just saw one of those on Antiques Road Trip. There you are now. I'm not kidding. That's amazing. We picked that up in a charity shop. I think for like thirty euro. But I was like, practically, it's not really used for anything. The odd time someone puts their feet on it, or you might put a cup of tea on it. Like, but literally, it probably sits there most of the time. But that was we our idea was like let's just build the house around that. Yeah, fair enough. That's the only reason we bought it because it makes it kind of was like yeah, I think that will look good in our place. So then we kind of just started building around that. So then that table that the TV is on, another charity shop. So yeah, and the mirror, literally everything. I like that mirror. Nice. Yeah, that's it. The, the table and the mirror are both Enage buys. They're really good ones. Your home is indeed a palace, and you just said her name. 
It's okay. Her, she's been on. She's. Oh. She. We're allowed to say her name, but the the little one. We just co- co- hold on to her privacy. Yeah. For as long as we can. Yeah. Until she gets a bloody phone. Exactly. <laughs> until she's selfies. like what six, and then she starts her own podcast. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You're <laughs> like, ah, oh, well, it's all gone to hell now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jenna Logan, I delight to have you back again. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.